The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world that finally has a legitimate title. Jordan, we did it. Yeah, you know, people, uh, our 2020 title, our 2020 podcast title, everyone was laughing at us like, oh, Mickey Mouse podcast title, you guys, like that was nonsense. This is a COVID season. There was no one even there to listen and to see it. So what's we the were banging on the mic. There. We were banging on the mic. We were cheating the, the podcast <laughs> listening numbers. Yeah, and, and the podcast, was it was in a neutral site. It's not even like you did it in front of your home crowd. But we are here with a World Series championship, a legitimate one. And uh, we're going to talk about it. The Astros are your 2022 World Series champions. Jake Mitz coming to us once again from Minute Maid Park, where I don't believe he has food poisoning, which is which is great, uh, which you, know, you you dealt with earlier in the series. But... Once again, for the second year in a row, the World Series ends game six in Houston. This time, the Astros are victorious. I might not have food poisoning, but Jordan, tonight, the Phillies bats did. <laughs> great transition. Great transition. So the way this pod's going to work is we're going to spend the first half telling you about game six, all the ups and downs, uh, and then we're going to take a break, and then we're going to just, just, boom, zoom out and say, what are we, how are we feeling about the 2022 World Series champion Houston Astros? Uh, of course, we will salute the Phillies. The the sad Phils. Jake has been on the on the Phillies beat all all month, and he will he will report, give us give us the scoop from the Phillies clubhouse. Uh, but before we get to all that, let's let's talk about this game because this is the last game of the season. It is now November sixth over here on the East Coast. We are pushing deep into the winter months. It is of course daylight savings time as well. Uh, but Jake, let's let's begin let's begin at the at the very beginning because. As we had this <laughs> Zach Wheeler from Valdez matchup, when you have the the rematch in a playoff series, you always wonder, okay, how are how's this guy going? How are these guys going to be different? How are they going to attack hitters differently? And instead, Fromber came in out looking just as nasty, a little bit shaky in the first two innings, and Zach Wheeler looked back to full blown. I was I, look, I got an extra day of rest, and now I'm throwing 99 easily. I understand that. Because I got an extra day of rest, and I felt amazing. So Zach Wheeler coming out and pumping 99, 98 in the first inning was a huge sign for the Phillies. Because like when he, I tweeted this, but when he's 95, he's got to be really precise. When he's 99, he can literally just throw fastballs in the zone and no one can touch it. And all night, that's exactly what happened. Wheeler is incredible through five innings, 
no Astros player hits a ball 90 miles an hour or higher off of Wheeler the entire game. The entire game. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the entire game. Of course, his, his final line is a little bit skewed by what happened after he left, but but no, he was he was sensational. I mean, he looked as good as he's looked the whole postseason. And you know, yeah, in that first in, in game two, I mean, it wasn't just that he was throwing not as hard. Like he he just wasn't even going to the four because he knew he wasn't throwing as hard, so he wasn't even going to the four seam even close to as much as he normally does. And he was just compromised, and and it obviously cost him. But he was he was fully operational. And through five innings, we had this amazing pitcher's duel. Now you knew with rested bullpens on both sides generally that both managers probably as good as the starters were going to go, weren't going to let him go too far. Um, and so as we go to the sixth, first of all, I'm thinking like, holy shit, are we going to have another nail biter that ends in either a miraculous Phillies victory or a, or a Nick Castellanos catch <laughs> or Nick Castellanos catch or like a walk-off to win the world series. Like through five, that's like, that's what I'm starting to think about. And honestly, the other thing I was thinking about was I already, I texted this, to, to our good friend Matt Curry, Phillies, Phillies fan correspondent, I feel so bad for whichever Phillies reliever is going to give this up. I texted him in the third inning because it's not going to be Wheeler. It is not going to be Wheeler. This dude is nails. So through five, we got nothing. We got nails to the sixth. Here comes Kyle Schwarber. Amazing. He's oh, amazing. my God. Now, Fromber, let's talk about Fromber. We just talk about Wheeler. Fromber was dealing again. You pointed this out. We were texting a little bit about how much time he was taking between pitches. My this God. is Now, when you hear people, there's going to be all kinds of pitch clock disc, discourse uh, coming in, but a big part of that is not just speeding up the game and making it less boring for, you know, Gen Z kids, ex, you know, et cetera, et cetera. A big part of it, it's not just the time of the game. It is not allowing pitchers to take a million deep breaths and let it eat on every single pitch, max effort every single pitch. And I promise you, if there's a pitchcock tonight, Fromber's not still throwing 97 and 96 in the fifth inning, if, if not even the fourth. Like he was every between every pitch was like you could tell. Like I am, he he was emptying the tank because he knew it was his last, this is it. This is the last my last start of the year. Here we go, and it worked. There were the moments right where he would like squat on the back of the mound and just take eight deep breaths. <laughs> like he, all credit to him. It's yeah, you're rules. allowed. Like it yeah. worked. Like. My man was just getting back into zone two heart rate, okay, before he was he was trucking pitches. Why get it up into, you know, 185 B BPM yeah. when you could just settle down and, and, and do your thing? And that's exactly what he did. Okay, so top of the six, Kyle Schwarber, just laser beam solo shot into the right field bleachers. Oh. He has been the least impacted Philly by, like, their last couple days of maybe the magic running out. He just, nothing has changed about him at all. I saw him the other day eating a, a bowl of soup, looking nonchalant, shooting the shit with John Middleton after one of the losses. Like, he just doesn't change. And that was the case at the plate, and he gave the Phillies a 1-0 to lead. And it obviously showed, you know, he, he is the one guy who has been in these spots before, um, and that was very apparent. But he is he's as, as cool as it gets, and, and that was just like, holy shit. But as you, as you pointed out, and we'll kind of talk about this later as we salute the Phillies, he was really the only guy who did not appear just com completely out of gas, uh, although we'll get to his his Schwarbunt uh, later in the game. So, okay, one nothing. Oh, my God. 
But then immediately you're just like, okay, well, Wheeler's going to come back out. But at the same time, like, can the Phillies hold this lead? Because we know the, the bullpen is starting to crumble. We know the Phillies' bullpen is starting to go out of gas. So how long can they ride Wheeler? That's the question as we go to the bottom of the sixth. So something we talked about on the last episode was how as even though Jordan since game two of the DS has gone like four for 50, the Phillies have continued to plan around him, right? And that his spot has still been viewed as kind of a turning point at multiple times during this series, whether it's to go to Alvarado three times previously or to Connor Brogdon, right? It's like, this is when we cannot. And we said, even though Jordan has continued to look like shit, like you get it. He's still one of the best series in the world. You know, you got it. You got to go with your, what you believe is the best matchup. Now, Zach Wheeler is at 70 pitches. So again, uh, do we have to talk about the Maldonado hit by pitch? I mean, I was peeing. So I I literally have not seen it. Everyone was complaining. I got like eight texts about it. Okay. I was in the bathroom and I just like totally. Here's what I'll say. And there's going to be some Phillies fans listening to this. They're extremely pissed. What he did do, which he's allowed to do is move up way onto the plate. <laughs> like, like so far up onto the plate. And he said, like, yeah, like he was throwing sinkers in the whole game and none of us could do anything about it. So I'm just going to stand up on the plate and hope he hits me. He literally said that after the game. And that's what happened. Great. Did he move that's his ball, baby. Yeah, that's ball, right? Did he maybe move his elbow a little bit? No, it was not a Ledmus DS situation. Like, the ball ran in and hit him. So, whatever. I'm sure people are mad about that. Anyway, the point is, Boehm doesn't turn the double play. So, two is on first. Pena gets another hit. Holy shit. And now, Zach Wheeler, who's only at 70 pitches, is facing Jordan Alvarez with first and third. 70 pitches. Okay, we go to Alvarado. For the fourth time this series, facing Alvarez. First time he faced yeah. him, pop out. Second time he faced him, drilled him with 99. Third time he faced him, pop out. Now, in this at-bat, he throws fastball in. Jordan fouls it off. Cutter away. Non-competitive. Way away. Way, way away. Fastball up and in again. Jordan's like, I ain't about to get hit by 99 again. <laughs> Jordan, you know, backs out of the way. Matrix is out of the way. And then just 99 down the middle. And finally, <laughs> Jordan did not miss. And uh, tell me about your view of this home run because I know in the auxiliary press box in center field, your view of that part of the outfield is a little bit obscured. So tell me about that moment from the ballpark. So it's to your right where he hit it over. And, you know, the ball off the bat, you hear the sound. And when you hear a sound, it can be tricky in that ballpark because it echoes. Mm-hmm. But then you hear a sound and you re- you remind yourself that it's Jordan. And you're like, <laughs> oh, no. So you, I look up. I see the flight of the ball. I see Matt Veerling and center break back towards the wall. And then I'm like, wait a second. He's not going to catch this. And then I was directly, like, perpendicular to the wall. And so I could see it go over mm-hmm. the grass batter's eye and oh. up onto that level. And it's just an inconceivably enormous distance to hit a baseball. And I love that this home run was what it was. That the blast that won the World Series was so conclusive that it was definitive and we got this last year with the solaire home run out of the street totally too, agree. right like totally agree swing boom fuck you season over 450 feet and that was it that was game set match now both that was the first ball hit over 90 
right? Which is amazing because he hit it over the fucking batter's eye. Right. Right. No, I mean, it was it was just all of it kind of I guess the Pena one was hit pretty hard right before that. But yeah, to your point, I mean, it was just I, I and, and especially in this ballpark, right, where we've had goofy homers to write so many goofy Crawford boxes homers, of which there really were not that many in this postseason run. Um, yeah. But man, no, you're totally right. It was like that. Well, yeah, like that. That's what a home run to win the World Series should look like in a best case scenario, particularly from Jordan in that spot against Alvarado, throwing 99 left on left, all those things. Totally right. agree. And from there, it was done. Like the they had another Astros run. scored another mm-hmm. run, mm-hmm. whatever. The Phillies really don't do anything at any point. Well, again, what did we say? It's we we now that so they go to Naris. Naris has his one two three inning, which is certainly a cool moment for him. But then once you get to Abreu, you knew they weren't going to go uh, back to Montero, who who struggled in the previous game. But, you know, Abreu was <laughs> – I mean, okay, so now let's get to the Schwarbunt. So Abreu comes in for the eighth. Uh, Stott lines out a third. Marsh flies out to right. Schwarber comes up with two outs. Now they're down by three. Two strikes against Brian Abreu, and he tries to bunt. Jake Mitz. What was your reaction to this play? Panic mode, baby. Like, Kyle Schwerber is what he is because of what I said before. He does not change his game. He does not change his process. He does not change his clothes. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) And when he squared to bunt with two strikes in that spot with two outs, it was the last defense of sanity or uh, the last defense of like, we still got this, right? And because he's the leader, right? He's the energy, he's the vibe. And he wasn't giving up by bunting. I'm not saying it was a surrender. It was a departure from what had gotten them there. For the first time, Kyle Schwarber departed from the recipe and he tried to freaking bunt. Now, if you're down two, I get it. Or because then Reese, Reese hits a homer, game's tied. Or on the first pitch of the at-bat. You know, obviously he's doing that because the entire left side of the field is open. You know, it's not like, like that's, it's because all the people that look at left-handers that are that are being shifted crazy to pull and they say, why doesn't this guy just bunt? How hard could it be? And that creeps into Schwarber's mind, but with two strikes and then for him to pop it back, you know, when's the last time Schwarber tried to bunt? That's XYZ. That was the last gasp of like, fuck, I'll try anything. And yeah, I mean, but like, he it was clearly on his own. It's not like Rob Thompson called for that, right? I mean, it's that's so you know. Anyway, so um, so that was just like, well, all right, GG. Uh, we go to the ninth. Presley uh, Reese flies out. Real Muto single, and then <laughs> the way you really know, you know, Reese. I guess he was it was four pitches, but Real Muto first pitch single. Harper first pitch fly out and then Castellanos can you believe he swung at the first pitch pops one I do like that the last out like was a pretty nice play like Tucker had to go a long way to get that ball um and there was like some suspense of like oh is this gonna be is it oh is it uh and then there you have it Astros are, are your champs man uh and and yeah I mean but, but like you said like you're on ghost of the moon the game's over I mean this yeah. Astros bullpen by every since I just retweeted something from the great Sarah Langs like it was basically the best 
postseason bullpen performance ever by a lot of measures <laughs> by a minimum number of innings like it was it was amazing um and so that was another way you were just like yeah this 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 thing's this thing's done um you can nitpick and you can pour over the decisions that rob thompson made in the bullpen should he have left wheeler and should he should he have not gone to alvarado and you could make some of those same critiques in game four and game five whatever it doesn't matter if your offense doesn't bop. And the Phillies scored, listen, the Phillies scored four runs over their last 29 innings, I believe. Yeah. That's, you can't come back from that. Yeah. That's it. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm fucking pitching. <laughs> Three hits tonight. Um, and look, I mean, look, the, the lineup construction, because of Reese's struggles the last couple of games, became big as well. But, you know, Harper didn't do anything tonight either. But, yeah, man, like, again, like, they, it all kind of came down together um, as, as tough as it was to watch. Uh, and, again, we'll, we'll salute the Phillies more, more positively a little bit later. But, but yeah, like, if you, if you can't score, like, you can, you can shit on the lineup construction all you want, but at some point, someone more than Schwarber has to do something. Bottom of the lineup obviously wasn't doing any. Like, think about how big the bottom of the lineup was in the first couple rounds, you know? And, but, again, like, this is what we said coming in, is that this Phillies team is crazy hot. They gave us the magic, but the Astros pitching is not anything they've seen before <laughs> in the whole postseason, not the whole season, right? And so that's that was the difference. That was really that was the difference over these last three games. Um, and, and yeah, that is that's how the Astros won won the World Series. Uh, Jake, anything else specifically on the game, this individual game, before we take a break and then we we zoom out? I'll remember the stadium rattling when the uh, when Jordan hit that ball. That I'll really remember. Um, I'll remember the bangs. Like they have like these cannons they shoot off. Oh, when they yeah. Win. They're so loud. I remember. They're oh, well, so loud. Well, well my, my memory of those is, you know, the home run I bring up all the time is, is the Martin Maldonado homer in game two of the 2019 World Series when they were down by 10. <laughs> and they still shot him off because it's like, hey, World Series homer. Let's, let's, let's party. Uh, I'll remember that. And I'll just remember how good wheeler was honestly yeah. like wheeler wheeler was not okay last week right yeah. he, was he was not, not himself not. no he was not zach wheeler and he did whatever he needed to do today whether that was an extra day of napping or like a ton of cortisone shots or like someone beat up his arm like a you know rocky in the in the movie where he's beating the meat <laughs> like in the in the freezer whatever the fuck he had to do to get his arm ready he did it and he he showed up and he shoved and he delivered um Let's take a break, and then we will zoom on out Yeah, to talk about I, what just, this really means. Yes. Do you have anything I, last? Well, I just or? wanted to say, like, I, it's it's possible. I, I, I recognize that there is a decent chance there will be a lot of Wheeler-Blake Snell discourse over the next couple days, and we'll get to – like, I, I'm just putting that to bed now. Like, I – downstairs with a better team. The Phillies offense didn't show up. Like – it's it sucks for Wheeler, but that is not why they lost the series. There was they got no hit in, in the World Series. So mm. Like that that <laughs> that's a bigger issue than basically anything Rob Thompson could have possibly done. So just wanted to slide because I, I know that there's some people that feel really strongly about the Wheeler thing. And I just wanted to say I just wanted to move that aside. I feel bad for Wheeler, of course, but still. Anyway, okay. Let's take a break. We will come back and uh and yeah, we'll we'll give our, our big picture thoughts. 
Hey everyone, this is Lindsay Rhodes, host of the NFL Roadshow, a SiriusXM podcast, inviting you to join me three, yes, three times a week for NFL analysis that goes beyond the low-hanging fruit. On Mondays, we react to the biggest stories of the NFL weekend. On Wednesdays, we pick one topic to really dig in on. And on Fridays, I'll give you all the fantasy football advice you need in just 15 minutes. We call it the Fantasy 15. Download new episodes of the NFL Roadshow right now on the SXM app, included with all of our trials and popular plans or wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to Baseball Barbacast, a podcast that I do. Jordan, the World Series is done. It is dusted. The Astros won, uh, which I'm sure is what most of America wanted. We will dive into what this means for the legacy and the narrative of the Astros being cheaters and the can and the whole thing in a second. But first, we must bid adieu, say goodbye to the 2022 Philadelphia Phillies. Now, Jordan, I was here. I was around them for the last month. I have a lot of things that I will remember. But I'm curious for you, as someone who took this in from literally Indiana, (laughs) what do you think will endure in your head about this team? Uh, Great. That's a a great way to put it, right? Because you were about as close as you could be without being on a team. And I got the view of everyone else at home that didn't attend a postseason game that's maybe has never been to Philadelphia. Um, and sure, you know, I, I like again, I know Reese and I, I feel these things, but but yeah, what, what did it what did it look like on TV? What did this Phillies team look like on TV? And I think a lot of it did translate, and a lot of the things that you wrote about, and the way that they just treated each other, and you know, every team that gets this far, every World Series loser, you you you're gonna have an amazing season. You've made it to the World Series. And also, like, you can't have got there without having a lot of amazing moments along the way. At the same time, it's not, oh, this team's different, this team's different. I just think, like, the Phillies of all teams, right? Like, we really have, for them to flip the script this quickly. Now, again, I don't want to act like this is a tortured fan base that goes back, you know, decades and decades. I mean, they were the best team in the National League not that long ago. But at the same time, to burst so, you know, to, to kind of, come out of this mediocrity with such incredible force in over the span of a few weeks was really, really cool. Um, and, and you know, part of that was because they have some incredible players. You know, like that's been the, the sleeping giant for them is like what that, like again, like when you think about the Angels, it's like why you have some of the best players on earth and it, it, there's nothing around it. The Phillies figured out those things around it to, to let the stars carry them. And that was amazing. Um, because while, yes, they were a huge underdog, they have some of the best players and pitchers in the world, and that showed up, and that allowed this to happen, along with the DH. And, and yeah, man, I mean, Bryce Harper, right? Like, Bryce Harper, like, he, I, I will say this, maybe this is, too, you know, moving too fast here, but, like, I just, who knows if Bryce Harper will be back in the World Series, man? Like, I know that's not, not I know that's, like, a kind of a sad way to put it, but, like, it's so freaking hard <laughs> to get there. And so for him to have that is amazing. And, and I, I hope he, he's back again sometime. But, you know, he, he, this is one of the greatest postseasons ever uh, by him. And uh, that, that does not change whatsoever, even though they lost. Yeah, man. I have struggled a lot thinking about cause and effect and how outcomes of baseball games impact you know, our perception of what matters. So like, 
if you look at a team that wins the World Series, you're always going to be like, man, this team had it all. Like they figured it out. They pressed the right buttons. And maybe they did. And, you know, but that's just the outcome of the season determining after the fact what we thought about these people, right? Or about these teams, about these players. And that's really hard, right? It's just confirmation bias. But I, I will say this. In all my years, one, of being around teams and being in clubhouses, et cetera, the Philadelphia Phillies this season liked one another as people more than I've ever seen another team in my one year of covering the sport. And, like, that is significant, and it's also not. Like, there are good teams that don't like each other, and there are bad teams that really like each other. But from the perspective of someone like me who will see a team win every year, every year of our lives, everyone, we will see someone win the World Series. That, to me, is notable, obviously, but it is not different, necessarily. Not to take anything away from the Astros. What was different to me was the Phillies and the way that they acted and the way that they treated each other. And that will really sit with me for a long time of the college baseball environment that they helped curate, particularly among the hitters. That is, those are the things that I will remember um, more than like, like there's that and then there's the Harper home run, which is the coolest baseball play I've ever seen in person in my life. Um, good flex there uh, about us being born in 1995, the year after the World Series was canceled. When you were saying, you know, every year of our life, we'll see a World Series. Hope that's true. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, totally great point. Um, and, and yeah, man, I mean, you 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 saw it up close, and you you know what what this team was all about. And yeah, I just love the combination of the vibes and the like, holy shit, otherworldly talent, like Real Muto, like Harper. Like Schwarber. Like well, that's Wheeler, what's so you know? funny. That's what's so funny about this team is that they like run in different packs a little bit. Like, yeah, sh- like Harper and Real Muto don't like fuck around, really, like mm-hmm. all the other guys. But they don't need to because they just <laughs> roll out there and like crush everyone. Right. You know what I mean? They're Real Muto and Harper. They don't have to do anything. Yeah. Um, I think that is enough on the Phillies. Yeah. I will remember this team for a long time. They will have a, uh, a place in my heart in terms of like, I learned how to cover a postseason because of this team. And I'm very thankful for how easy they made it for me. This was not, I was not picking hairs. I wasn't struggling to find things to write about or talk about, right? They were, they were presenting themselves to me very easily. Uh, and I felt very welcome in, welcomed in by this group. It was a group that was very courteous to the media um, and easy to deal with and super entertaining and super fun. Like what else could you ask for? Right. And it was, This is schlocky and cheesy, and I'm going to write about this tonight, but it's about the friends you make along the way, Jordan. When you're a fan, it's about the memories and the moments and the connections that you feel with players. It's it's silly for any of this to mean anything at all, right? And when you feel that as a fan, genuinely, Philadelphia, when you feel that, let that mean something. That's cool. That's what it's supposed to be, right? And I think as adults, we too often, you know, break down – or, or we put up a barrier for ourselves and we don't like ourselves really like things and fall for things. And I think that it was very cool to see Philadelphia be like, we love this. This is great. I yeah. want to care about this and I want it to matter. And it did. And no uh, being two games away can take that away from Philadelphia. Totally. Let's switch gears. Yes. Let's talk about the team that won. Yeah. Uh, they did it, man. The Astros, uh, they won They won a World Series and 
people can still hate him, but this was about as legit and convincing as you can have in um, in a season. I mean, you know, wire to wire, for all we talked about the Dodgers on pace for 100, all the Yankees are on pace for 120 wins, the Dodgers are on pace for the five plus 500 run differential. There the Astros were the whole year, 50 games up in the AL West, cruising through undefeated to the World Series. Uh, and then, and then here they they get it done. It, you know they 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 did face some some bumps there in the World Series, and they were not phased, and they bounced back with, <laughs> I mean, just an just a ridiculously impressive three game winning. I mean, it was it was so impressive for them to to win these last three games like this. Um, so here here's let's start somewhere. <laughs> I want to get into who we're happy for, who we're not especially happy for, um, and and just what this team, what we'll remember about this team. Um, but now that they have now won this World Series, the second one, you know, in, in six seasons, the first one that I don't think we can say has anything to do with what they did along the way, cheating wise. Um, what like what what is this? How does this kind of well, here's the problem. It's not over. I mean, they're going to be amazing again next year, obviously. And so it feels dumb to like to be, to like close the book and be like, all right, what does this era of Astros baseball mean? Because it's not it's not ending. No, so. no, you're. I think you're wrong. I think it is the end of something. OK, go ahead. So I think that there is a bit of a bookend here, 17 mm-hmm. to 22 here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this legitimate in quotes. World Series championship will change the way the majority of fans think about this franchise, right? Mm-hmm. I think they will still be called cheaters next mm-hmm. year. I think people will still make can jokes and they'll, yep. you know, be in the replies and this team will remain one of the most hated teams in the league. That's not going to change because they won a legitimate World Series. In some ways, it might even get more. It might mm-hmm. even get enhanced. That being said, that hatred is now a little bit less about the can and a little bit more about just being an unbeatable dynasty, right? It's flipping there a little bit. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. now, when we look, the only way that that's going to change is when Altuve and Bregman are gone and like they have new uniforms or something, right? Like the stink from 17, fair or not, and I think it's mostly not fair at this point, will not wash away for some time. Yeah. This does not change that. What this does change is years from now for the thinking people of the sport who want to look back and understand what this era of baseball in Houston was. It gives it a more appropriate uh, mark to it. Yes. Because if you watch the Astros over the last five years, forget 17, over the last five years, Mm -hmm. and you don't think that this franchise deserves a legitimate title – I don't know what you're watching. You got to be able to unpack the distaste and the dislike mm-hmm. for the players that were there in 17 that cheated and the fact that they were brash and confident and they, you know, weren't they were not remorseful. Like you have to unpack all that and you just got to appreciate the game. You got to appreciate that these 26 dudes can ball and they were better than everyone else and they earned what they won this year. Mm-hmm. You could still boo them and call them cheaters. That's fine, but you need to at least try to appreciate that this season was legitimate. Yep. Totally agree. And I'll I'll start with with just with the point you went there. I I'm totally with you. And I think for me, that's kind of my take. When I, as I as I was going through this postseason and even after they beat the Mariners and like beating the is is and why if you were listening like really like I cannot believe Jordan has any amount of 
sympathy or like even an ounce of wanting to see the Astros win. But really what that is, is exactly what you just told me, which is that this era of the Astros is has been so ridiculously impressive that for that to not end up with a World Series, and again, in the way that they did it this year, I think even emphasizes that, how dominant it was, that they had historic performances along the way, both offensively and on the side on the pitching side. I'm totally with you. Like that just felt like it should. Now, listen, I know Dodgers fans are listening and say, well, what about us? Well, we only ended up with 2020. Okay, well, yeah, but that, that should go to show you how impressive it is that the Astros did get it done this year and they didn't flame out like the Dodgers, you know? Like that, because they've been there every year, six straight ALCS, and I'll bet on them again to go next year, the year after that and the year after that, because they've built such a damn good baseball team every freaking season. Going backwards, they... You cheat, you get what you deserve, and you get to you, that's, you get booed, right? Like that's that's what's going to happen. And and because they were not punished as much as people thought, like that stink. This is not a redemption story, right? I'm not. I, let's not act like they didn't cheat. Okay. At the same time, let's let's also acknowledge that this baseball team is amazing and deserved to win. Um, the, just because they won this year doesn't mean that, if anything, it makes it worse, right? It makes it more sad that they did in 2017. And so it's not like this is a redemption story. That's the thing. The adversity that they went through was brought on by themselves in a lot of Self-inflicted, yeah. Right, self-inflicted. Yeah. That's the thing. So we do act like all, all, when people say all oh, they went through, well, they brought that on themselves. Now, yeah, they managed it. Well, and yeah, yes Dusty and Baker no. managed it. Yes and no. Yes and right. no. Because right. this is what is important to, to understand. Mm-hmm. Bregman, Altuve, the organization, Guriel, whatever, those guys brought it on themselves. Yes. But there's also the other side of the team that has had to deal with they, all of yes. this bullshit, yes. all of it, all of the yelling, all the can bang, all the hatred, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They have had to deal with it and they played no part in it. Alvarez, Pena, you know, fucking Trey Mancini just got here. Like <laughs> the Maldonado wasn't there in, yep. in seven, like all of these dudes have have ended up on a team mm-hmm. that is despised by no fault of their own. Mm-hmm. And have had to endure that. And so for those players, I do feel a sure. bit of validation or redemption or yep. like, oh, we did it. We don't have to think about this anymore. Yep. They have had to carry that. And it's not their fault, right? Yep. Like you literally, you can't sit here. Even though a cynical person cannot blame Jeremy Pena for 2017. <laughs> the guy was like in college or whatever, right? right? Like it's impossible. Okay. Right. So I just, I, that's something I thought about today no, I when I watched I we think about those five players that were there, and particularly the three hitters that are still there. But there are twenty slash twenty two other people mm-hmm. on this team mm-hmm. who deserve a whole lot of credit and deserve a whole lot of praise. Yep. No, I, I totally agree. So let's get into to some of the also base just strictly like baseball wise, right? When we just talk about the Phillies, the moments like. I will remember. I mean, I you know I wrote about this a couple times during the postseason. I mean, this this was truly one of the most incredible pitching staffs that we've seen in in a long time. And and that bullpen unit and how impervious it was when it's just the bullpen just like dudes just fuck up in the postseason. Like even the best ones. You know, I was going back and look at like Ryan Presley was not that good in the postseason before this year, and then he just put it all together. And it was all it was. He had he just had a career year in his fifth year in Houston, right? I mean, all of those guys, and, and obviously the breakouts like Abreu and then guys like Maris to, to do it in his first year after all those years in Philly. It's like, 
so so many pitchers that I'm that in Fromber, you know, first and foremost. I mean, I've been singing his praises for years now. I mean, I could not be happier for that guy who arguably deserved World Series MVP over Pena. Uh, I'm not surprised it was Pena. He deserves it too. But man, I mean, Fromber, how how can you not love that guy? Yeah. The f- the fourth starter threw a no hitter. <laughs> right. The fourth side, like that's that's all. And you know the other thing I was thinking about all day um, through all this game, I was like, wow. Hunter Brown is going to like win rookie of the year next year. And he didn't pitch once in this world. Series. <laughs> so this is like, so, you know, it's, it's, it's an embarrassment. It is why they're going to be around for so long, but the pitching I'll remember, I'll remember the three biggest Jordan homers ever. You know, I'll remember Altuve being terrible the entire time. Most played appearances in postseason history without an RBI and they win the world series losing two games along the way. Anyway, I mean, that's amazing. Bregman was incredible. Uh, this postseason, and then Pena, man. I mean, Pena was was the story uh, again tonight. So it was a it was a hell of a team. It was a really really hell of a team. Let's talk about Dusty Baker. All right, Junior. Sorry, Dusty Baker Junior. Um, he did it, man. Like he he got it, and I think that people when when the Astros brought Dusty Baker on to be a meat shield and to take fire for their past transgressions. There was a lot of unease about that, right? That like, are we using this historic baseball figure to just eat shit for you? <laughs> that feels really slimy, right? Yeah. But at the same time, that removes some agency from Dusty Baker, who is a big boy and can make his own decisions. He's not an idiot. He knows what he was getting himself into. And he thought he made a calculation that, yeah, I'm going to have to take some shit for this. But at the end of the day, I think this is what's best for me. And that's because he understood that this was his best and last chance to get his ring. He had a great quote. Uh, you know, all the Dusty stuff after the game, post game, you expected. He's very excited. Um, they asked him on the Fox set, they said, Dusty, like, did you think at any point like this wasn't going to happen for you? And he said, I did think that when I couldn't get a job. But once I got once I got a job, I was like, it, "We're gonna do this." <laughs> and so you know, that's that's really like because he, he was out, right? It wasn't guaranteed that, that Dusty was gonna manage again. Um, and so yeah, but yeah, once he joined this Houston team, uh, yeah, it, it, he had a great chance, and he finally got it after after you know losing in the LCS, losing the World Series, and then getting it done this year. And the Nats winning without him too, right? Yeah. Is another thing to remember. Mm-hmm. He was there, and then they won without him, mm-hmm. and like in this very building. Too. Yeah, and I yeah. I think there's something really wonderful that he did end up getting it. Who knows if he's done? Who knows if he stays? I think we'll find that out next week. It is validation of a baseball career well lived. I think that had Dusty never gotten it, he still obviously deserved to be celebrated. I think more than anything else, it is a, is something for Dusty to enjoy, to cherish. I don't think it really changes the way that we think about Dusty. I don't think any more or less of him as a manager (laughs) than I did this morning, right? That's not really how it works. You don't, you know, it's not like the NBA where like LeBron shows up in a game six and you're like, oh, he's the goat now. Like Dusty (laughs) is the same man he was this morning. And that's that's an entertaining figure who can keep a clubhouse light, who Mm -hmm. knows his ball, who's a steady hand, who maybe isn't the most analytically forward, but is progressive enough that he can literally manage the Houston Astros and yep. win a World Series with them. So now while Dusty is the obvious first answer, oh, winning for Dusty, okay, that's fine. 
Uh, the number one person we're most happy for is Trey Mancini, and it's not particularly close. And I think we would say that even if you were not a lifelong Orioles fan. But just rewinding back to the trade deadline, and when you think about guys, I mean, this happens every year where guys get traded from the team they've always known because their team sucks and their team's a seller. And it's like, well, you're going to get traded to a team that is a contender. That's that's the nature of the trade deadline. And this happens every year where players from bad teams get traded to good teams and you hope that, okay, they're, they're, this is their chance. They're going to win it all or they're going to go play in the postseason, whatever. And this one was a weird one because the Orioles were still in it and stayed in it. Now, but Mancini knew it was still likely. At the same time, to go back and kind of watch, you know, and know how crushing that was for Orioles fans, that this is the only way that you can feel remotely good about it. This is the only ending where it's like, I mean, it still sucks. I'm not trying to tell you how to feel, but like, it's the, the only, when you see Trey Mancini get traded, the only thing you could possibly hope is that he's going to win a World Series. <laughs> because beyond that, there's there's no there's no other way to be happy about it as an Orioles fan. Um, and so to see him do it, I mean, let alone his story, obviously that it's a huge part of it too, but it's, it's awesome. And knowing how awesome of a duty is too only helps. Tonight, Trey Mancini won a World Series wearing orange. That's all I <laughs> need to know, Jordan. Uh, other players, other people we are, we are especially happy for. I mean, I mentioned Fromber, Jeremy Pena. I mean, like, how, just how can you not love these guys? Uh, Jordan, for sure. Um, Michael Brantley, dude. First ring for Michael Brantley. Uh, now, he That's you know, cool. has been hurt for most of the season. He was, he was low-key amazing before he got injured, and I'm sure he will still sign for a good amount of money. Um, the soft season would not be surprised to see him go back. Uh, but they, I mean, like, look, the Astros were, had a good chance to win. Obviously they did it without him. There were times during the series where it was like, holy shit, they missed Michael Brantley big time. Um, you could tell that DH spot and left field, like they really could have used him. Maybe they would have gone undefeated. Who knows? Um, but what a, what a baseball career for him too. And, you know, even if he wasn't, I'm sure he's the kind of guy that was very helpful in the dugout. That is a, that is a hitter I would want to have, um, in the dugout. Uh, Martin Maldonado, another you know baseball lifer, uh, who who you know traded to the to the Astros in 2018, and has just been there. He's just been one of the faces of this team, man. And it was just reported he played like the second half of the season with a broken hand. Baseball players are crazy. <laughs> I mean, the, the Phillies did that too. <laughs> yeah, they oh. played like the last couple of weeks with a broken hand. <laughs> it's- it's a good, it's a good way to put it. Phil Maton, by the way, is like that's an unreal Brad Hanjar. <laughs> I just I like that. That's good stuff, man. They played the last couple weeks for 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 twelve eighteen a.m. local time with a broken hand. Um, so Oof. yeah, baseball players are crazy. Alex Bregman, by the way, broke his finger on that slide, um, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't know if I would have played Game 7. It's like David Hensley, <laughs> David Hensley. When Bregman came back in, is like, "Hey, I broke my finger." David Hensley's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit! Um, so that was crazy. And Ryan Stanek, friend, friend the of the man. show, happy yeah. for that guy. Uh, for sure. And then like, I mean, yeah. And then, then here's the other thing. Smoltz said this thing like right at the end. Oh, you know, who is, you know, the players and all the players that have been through and dusty. And I was like, but really who I'm happy to for is like, remember is the fans. And I will say this. Uh-oh. Astros fans. Uh-oh, Jordan. Uh-oh. No, 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 no. Here, here's what I'm going with it. The Astros fans. I listen as a Mariners fan too. I've dealt with my fair share that I do not particularly appreciate. But here's the fact, and I remember having conversations about this last year when we were in the World Series with like Uber drivers in Houston, right? And it's like the fan 
that's had nothing to do with the cheat. Like, they, like yes, some of them have internalized it and have gotten defensive over it in a completely irrational way. But that's fandom, right? Like, if your team did this too, how the fuck would you handle it? <laughs> like, that's you know, like they didn't ask for this, and so that's the part of it. Yes, they're terrible fans in every sport, and the ones that are being terrible to other people online, of course, they're not going to. But the reality is, yeah, they're Astros fans. Tyler Stafford, you know, shouts out to Jeff Blogwell, one of our best friends. Like. I could not be more happy for that guy, you know, to have, like, there are obviously thousands of great fans in every fan base, and I am happy for Astros fans that they have a a real team, too. This fan base is not any more moral or immoral than any other fan base. Like, that's not. Right. Every fan base is the same percentage of morality. Like, if any other team cheated, there's a section of those fans that would defend them to the death, right? And that's just going to happen anywhere. Now, granted, of course, they've also had more success than any other team in the last five years, and it's not like they've been, it's not like, oh, they've been tortured by losing in the CS and the World Series all the time. No, it's not what I mean. But the reality is these they're good fans in every fan base, and I'm happy for the ones that, that got to see this team get it done. Um, who are we not happy for? Jim Crane. I mean, the worst thing in sports is the owners getting the trophy first. It's not complicated. <laughs> hate it. Hate also, it. was still there in 2017, the only, only guys in 2017. I uh, hate it. And yeah, and so, but... You know, that's, that's just like the worst part. It's like the, the one person we're not happy for is the one that gets trophy first. But hey, that's sports. That's just how it goes. Uh, do, do you have any Mattress Mac takes? I don't really understand Mattress Mac. <laughs> I tweeted a joke about him uh, today and Houston yeah. people were like, he donates a lot of money. I'm like, that's OK. Here's a take. You can donate a lot of money and still be a weird choice for a first pitch. That, okay? that and like. I'm, I'm, I hope he donates a lot of money. I hope any billionaire donate, really rich people donate a lot of money. Duh. Like, good. I'm glad. But, like, the people that were like, oh, this dude just won $30 mil, $75 million because he is so rich and is able to bet $30 million on a sports team. Like, I what? I'm not. Sorry. I, this I not, I'm not happy about. That does not make me excited for him. <laughs> it does not. Mattress Mac as a thing. Does yeah. not make me feel good about <laughs> yes. society. Yeah, is like that fair? Right, yeah, like exactly. maybe that's, that's all exactly of baseball right. makes me feel bad about society I'm, sometimes I'm not, if you think too hard about it. But exactly, like, exactly. It's just something about mattress. But I'm sure he's a nice, has a nice yeah, handshake. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that he is a horrible person automatically. It's just like weird. I don't. Right. He is not the person. I'm not for me. <laughs> Mattress Mac is not for me. No. no yeah. Exactly. Hard pass. Anyway. Uh, all right. I those. those I, I would say those are the the general the general takeaways. And and yeah, man. I mean, they they freaking. I mean, they're they're so good. <laughs> and here's the other thing I'll say. Me saying before like, oh, Astros. Oh, they're finally gonna win, and I'm like finally okay with it. Is it's way easier now for me to go back to sports hating them because it's like, you just won. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to see you win again. I have no, I do not want to see the Astros win again anytime soon, even though they will have an excellent chance to for the foreseeable future. So there you go. Thank you all for listening all, I guess just month, all month long uh, while we brought this podcast out to you. We went every day during the world series, basically Jordan. I am so fucking tired and i cannot wait to sleep in my own bed where we will deliver more podcasts for you all off season long twice excuse me excuse me twice a week maybe edit that out maybe don't we'll be doing pods twice a week starting on monday uh will be monday and thursday mm-hmm. make sure you subscribe if you haven't already you can email us at baseball at gmail.com usually jordan does that jordan any final thoughts about this postseason? No, uh, thank you to Chris Tyler for producing these these late night pods. Dude, um, dude, 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 
The Mariners were in this postseason. Remember that? <laughs> they the were. The Blue Jays were too. They were. And then the Mariners beat them, and then they lost to the team that won the World Series. So, well, <laughs> you know what I always think about? You know what I always think about? Yeah. The team that lost to the team that lost to the team that lost to the team that won the World Series. So, like, who is the last? Oh, who is the, the transitive. Least? Yes. The and least it's the Mets. winner, transitive winner. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a good question. It's the Mets, um, but, right? It's because the Phillies lost to the Astros, and the Padres lost to the Phillies, and the Mets lost to the Padres. Mm, I'm sure Bobby Wagner feels like a champion tonight. Uh, thank you all for listening. We're super excited for this offseason. Super excited for no lockouts that we're randomly not podcasting for three months. Uh, and yeah, should be a great time. And uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Serious XM Podcasts.